Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome back to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we take a glance into comic book movies, blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my co-host, and today we are kicking off our first episode of 2022 with the latest movie to hit theaters, and that is Scream 2022, or it's actually just called Scream, but Devin, we're back in business, baby. Hola, senor. Hola. Hola, man. How have you been? Man, it's... It feels like it's been forever, and it's only been about two weeks, but... Yo hablo espanol. <laughs> Devin uh, spent some time uh, down in uh, Mexico, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. Down in Mexico. That was... How, how was it for you, man? You it's got me nice... pushing back to English. I was, I was just so fluent down there. <laughs> just picked it all up. <laughs> he had that nice little Rosetta Stone. He, he was ready to go, raring to go. But yeah, he's got a nice little tan going on. I know this is an audio-only podcast, but, you know, we like to see each other's faces as we uh you know kick things off but return home to a mountain of snow everywhere that's the life of of an ohioan for you it's you you never want to leave your destination of where you've been because it's like man especially during this time of year it's actually been like snowing here in uh in old music city here for a while and i was like you know what i'm i'm totally okay with it but I got to say, Devin, I was a little bummed out because I was supposed to go see Belle today in theaters and I was all excited. Had my ticket ready, you know, AMC coming in clutch. I was like, oh, you know, there's only like maybe three or four people in the same screening as me. And so I'm getting in my car. I went to the theater. I was like, sweet. Found a nice little spot right outside the theater. I walk in all proud. I'm like, man, you know, it's it's been a while since since I kind of just went to the movies just to watch something without any type of agenda and <laughs> the doors were locked <laughs> and i was like oh maybe it's the other door checked all the doors they're all locked and there's a small little sign that says they were closed due to weather and i'm looking around this is like two day old well, a day after it snows and like, we got a little bit of snow here, but it was more like slush, like the gross kind of snow, the snow you really don't like. And I mean, the streets were clean. You know, it was a little bit of snow on the ground, but down here in Nashville, it's very different. Um, a lot of people are afraid uh, when they hear the word winter storm, they like panic by everything in the, like in all the stores, you know, you go to the grocery stores, everything's just gone. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Wow. I, I was, I was ready to get out of the house. You know, it's, it's been, you know, I was kind of chilling around for the past two days, nice little three day weekend, and come to find out my local theater, my local AMC theater was closed due to weather concerns. And I was like, is it, is it really weather concerns outside? I personally don't think that because I'm a, I, I'm a North, uh, Northern man. I'm from the North. You know, it, when, when they say winter storm here, that makes me think we're going to get a feet of snow, not like five to six inches. But it was, uh, I'm not going to lie, Devin, it, it was pretty disappointing. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm here, I can't, guess. Can't handle, can't handle a little bit of powder on the ground. Devin, you have no idea <laughs> how insane it can be here. But we're not here to talk about the crazy, crazy 
you know, the the lack of um, snow um, preparation in Nashville. Today, we are going to be talking about the new Scream movie. It's been about 11 years since the last one came out. And a little bit of housekeeping before we get into our review. So before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on platforms around the internet. If you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Show us some love. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're listening on either or. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FilmOptics. That is Optics with an X. Or you can email us at FilmOptics.com for any movie-related questions. Man, it is... Whew. You know, I, I like I like you know keeping a nice little spicy. I, I had time within the past two weeks that we we, we weren't uploading things. I mean, I, up, I uploaded like a small little update type thing, but I had time to kind of like you know reconstruct the template, you know, make it sound nice, flow through, and I was like, I I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So very very excited. But Devin, man, are you ready? Just to, we're, we're we're gonna dive in here. Are, are you ready to? Do you want to play a game? <laughs> what 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 is your favorite scary movie, Devin? <laughs> I liked I liked the list uh, she had on this one. Enhanced horror is that what she called it? No, elevated horror. I think that's what she called the genre. I never heard of that before, but it's definitely up my alley. Definitely, or like Hereditary, the psychological. Um, <laughs> she said the witch. She said there was no midsummer love. I'm not gonna. I can't remember if she said. I mean, Hereditary's same director. Yeah, but, same director, but eh, it's whatever. But it follows. It's a classic. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then. I think they said get out because that is more. Oh, she said her favorite was the Baba Duke. <laughs> the Baba Duke. <laughs> Mine's the Baba Yaga, the beach. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be right back with our scream coverage right after this short break. There's certain rules to surviving. Believe me, I know. They always come back. The killer is a part of something in the past. This one just feels different. You're all in danger. Mom? Where? Sydney. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard a small little snippet of the new Scream trailer. And the story is as follows. 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. This film was directed by Tyler Gillett and Matt uh, ben, uh, ben, ben, Bettinelli. I think I got that right. I was well, their their director duo name is Radio Silence. That's what they go by. Right. Oh, it is Radio Silence. Okay, so directors Radio Silence, aka Matt and Tyler, um, were the directors on this bit, and of course the writers include James Vanderbilt. That's a nice little uh, last name. Uh, Guy Busick and Kevin Williamson, and stars the following. Of course, we have Nev Campbell coming back to replace her role. As Sydney, we have Courtney Cox coming back as Gail Weathers and uh, Deputy Dewey, David Arquette, and a few new faces, a lot of new faces within this um, this new movie, this new this new slasher. Well, not slasher, requel. a requel. That's right. They did call it a requel. I'm very, uh, I like that term. That's definitely officially a term now, especially after this movie. Yeah, I like the term requel more than reboot, but a reboot is different. 
because it's yeah but i i like how they they uh they coined that phrase you know it's it's it, i think it fits very very perfectly so the way this is going to work out for anyone out there new listening of course we're going to get into our initial reactions first which includes non-spoilers and then once you hit here excuse me this little bad boy oh no actually that's the swear one there we go once you hear that little boy later on that means we're going to get into spoilers so Fear not for now. You know, we're just going to kind of give our initial thoughts about the movie and a little bit about the uh, the box office as well. Nice little box office earning, earnings here. So before we get into our initial uh, reactions, um, this is actually from Forbes. Scream ends up nabbing. That's what they call it. Or nabs What is the term that they use. $35 million to debut. An unprecedented box office win is what they called it. And they said it's, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we rarely get rated our movies nowadays. And I, um, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, the chart, the charts, you know, starting with a robust, uh, 30.6 million on Friday through Sunday, the, the opening weekends and 35 million, uh, Friday through Monday, a domestic debut. So it's it's pretty interesting, you know. They have all the other numbers for the other uh, screen movies, but Devin, did you get a chance to watch the other screen movies like prior prior to this for you one of your little vacation? I had recently watched the original like a couple months ago, just kind of because it had been a while and it it holds up so well. It's just such a classic, but I have not seen the others in in a while. Okay, well, I'm not sure if you followed me on well no you don't have a letterbox we gotta get you set up with a letterbox actually i, think I have one but i don't think i've ever used it that's right so i actually went through and watched all four screen movies like the weekend before and i just blew through them like they're they're an easy watch they really are two, two is and then three is like oh that's that's not not great but then four four is interesting i like four a lot <laughs> I yeah really, i thought it was really enjoyable did. I, did we see four together or no because i definitely saw it i don't remember ever seeing it in theaters i don't think it was in theaters but i definitely remember seeing it when it came out in like 2011 because i knew who the killer was i was like oh it's you know i don't want to tell anyone but um yeah so this is the first screen movie that um without Wes craven of course you know uh for those who don't know he had uh passed away um while ago so um yeah this this is a new one uh you know the well it used to radio silence is the name of the directors and they actually directed uh ready or not oh yeah so no wonder why you like it so much it was perfect <laughs> but so when i first saw the new scream i guess i'll just get my initial reactions first and i'll pass it over to Devin um for my reactions here or my first thoughts when i first when I was going through the original screams, you know, uh, uh, the first four, I originally, I, I have scream one as number one, and then I had two, and then I had four, and then I had three, but then I kind of shifted everything around. I think, like, scream two, I liked because of the twist at the end, because of one of the killers you don't see coming. But um, with this movie, with the new scream, I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, the 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 beginning kill... Uh, they do the things a little bit differently, which we'll de definitely get into uh, with spoilers. But um, I, I think uh, uh, Ortega, um, is it Jenna Ortega, who um, who plays uh, you know the the helpless girl during the beginning. Yeah, she was the, great. The opening kill, I think, I, I think she did a fantastic job. Like honestly, I've, I've only ever seen her in. She's also in You season two, and she was also great in that. 
I think she's like a originally a Disney Channel star. Was she? Okay, I did not know that. Um, but yeah, like honestly, like when I when I saw it, I it just it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, I wrote like a little bit of a thing, like my first reactions on Twitter. I'd said that you know this this new scream is like a love letter to like the slasher genre and the meta humor is just literally it was like speaking directly to me and all these other people you know all these other critics and movie buffs and film lovers on twitter i think it hits on like every single level and it's very very relatable it's it's definitely the most meta screen uh screen four is very meta that opening where they where they go through the stab movies <laughs> but the, i mean this one i think this one has to be the most meta out of all of them yeah i think Kristen bell is in the fourth one wasn't she for like a hot second or is that third um, one? I think that was the third yeah, one. Fourth one. Fourth one? Okay, okay. So see, I'm already gonna mix up. But yeah, like I, I really just enjoy how this movie gives room for new characters to grow while paying respects to, you know, the original cast. Hence the the coin term requel, which is, you know, you don't want to make a sequel, you don't want to do a reboot. So it's kind of the old character or like the original cast. Taking more of a back seat and passing that torch onto onto newer characters, and I and I love I love all the examples she gave because they are great examples. Like the newest Halloween, the newest Ghostbusters, Star I mean, Wars, even even yeah, even Star Wars. You could argue, yeah, but I feel like those are you could just say they're all requels because they always rely <laughs> on the old characters. Yeah. Devin's latest piece, <laughs> Star Wars has no true sequel. <laughs> Every Star Wars is a requel. <laughs> it's a requel of the original. <laughs> even even the prequels are requels. But yeah, I I really want to see this movie again. It's I thought the writing was just so clever and just much like all the other screen movies, you know, I, I think they did a really good job of um the pacing in and of itself, you know, with what's craven. A lot of, you know, every single screen movie that you know, all the other screen movies that he directed, they they didn't like he never liked to waste time. There wasn't a lot of like, even, even if there were, was like downtime, like the plot was always moving forward with like every single scene that, um, that, that we were introduced to. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun time. It may not be as funny as the others. I think this one is a little bit more serious, but I really, like how they they really just made this for Wes Craven and you know all, all the other you know '90s slasher um, you know horror fans out there. For a lot of people, the Scream franchise is kind of like I mean it's it's a great way to introduce someone to horror. Yeah, it's it's one of those franchises that kind of transcends generations, mm -hmm. similar to like like a Halloween or a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth, where no matter how old you are, like you can get into this pretty easily. Like obviously our parents watched the original scream. Then our generation watched the original scream. And I went to go see this with my sister and she's seen all the screams. Even her generation get in, get into it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about zoomers, but <laughs> hello millennials. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. It's one of those, like my, my mom does not like, Slash, like she does not get scream at all. And I was trying to explain it to her. I'm like, well, it's a slasher. Like, you know, it's horror, but it's, it's very like, there's a lot of satire, you know, it's like, you know, they, they have the, the film franchise stab within the movies. So it's like a movie within a movie. 
And then, you know, the stab movies are based off of the book that Gail Weathers wrote, you know, for the Woodsboro murders. And it kind of all really starts with the first one. And I actually have like a really strange take. I think on purpose, they have not made a scream as good as the original for the sake of, you know, they're always saying, you know, it always goes back to the original, you know, like everything goes back to the original where, you know, nothing can really top it. And I feel like as great as this movie is, I feel like on purpose, they did not make, try to make it as good as the first one or any of the other sequels for that matter, because, you know, we didn't really know that we were getting scream four at the time. Like scream three was okay. This wasn't, I mean, like I liked it, to a degree but it's definitely the weakest of it was just so the killing like, was like so eh. cheap there, like, there was a lot of they, they the were voice try- changer oh my god they, they were trying that technology it has not and never will exist i i like the voice changing technology because it did put a nice little twist onto it it's just, it's just not realistic at all but no it's it's really not. i mean well now with nfts <laughs> we got those going. Yeah, NFTs can do anything, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you saw the picture with the line of Pierce. I was like, what is going on? But, I wish we could have got a, an AMC Scream NFT. Would have would have sold that nicely. I know. Well, they're actually, they're doing like, I was watching Young A's video, <clears throat> excuse me about it, like with the whole voice changing thing. It kind of goes back to Scream, I promise. But apparently there's like, uh, for like voice actors, there's like NFTs where you know, people can kind of buy, you know, like a sample or like that IP or like that that data and they can kind of, you know, you can apply it to your voice and do that voice change thing. But I do agree. Yeah. With, with the third uh, scream, it's the whole voice changing thing. There, there's no way even back then the technology would have existed. Um, but I, I like how they definitely made up for it in, in scream four uh, for sure. But um, yeah, I've been rambling here for a while. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Devin so he can give his initial thoughts on the new Scream film. Yeah, I thought it was that was really enjoyable overall. Um, obviously, nothing can live up to the original, and I think they know that. So they just kind of went with their own direction, what they wanted to go with. The new actors, for the most part, are all great. Uh, Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter. I, the whole I was watching the whole movie, and I was like, where do I know this woman from? And then. After it, I looked it up and I got so mad because it was like in the heights. Yeah, obviously. yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, one of the other girls, the girl with the, like the black hair, um, Jenny's uh, one of her best friends. She was from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought I recognized her, but not as much. Yeah, she was interesting. And then there was those twins that I thought were were very entertaining. Do you know where one of the one of the twins is from? Good old book smart. Well, that. Well, actually, no, the girl twin. She played, um, she well, she's in uh, Spider Man Miles Morales. She does the face scan. She she plays uh, the Tinker. Oh yeah, that's right. She's mm-hmm. she's um, yeah yeah yeah. I'm I'm drawing a blank on on her character's name uh, within the game right now. So I do I do apologize. I love that game. One like I beat it 100. percent Loved it. But yeah, she she uh, plays um, Ben Mason. My, hmm? Finn Mason. Yeah, that's right. Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays Miles' best friend. Who, uh, spoiler. Becomes, becomes a tinker in Spider-Man. Uh, Miles Morales. Sorry, everyone who doesn't have a PlayStation 5 or a PlayStation 4. But yeah, so th- there's a lot of... And of course, Jack Quaid's in this film as well. Like, there's a yeah, lot of... Yeah, I was going to mention him. Jack Quaid, uh, obviously the boys. 
definitely gives some nice background for us mm-hmm. and makes a uh, makes the movie a little more, more interesting when you when you have that background. Yeah, and also um, the kid from Thirteen Reasons Why is in it. Yeah, he he was kind of just there. He was one of the ones, and then there's that there was that other love interest <laughs> of the jock guy that was just yeah. What was she doing there? That, uh, was, that part was rough. Well, like, well, even for the only reason why I mentioned the guy from Thirteen Reasons Why, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his his last name, but or his name in general. But he they named him Wes in the movie, which I really really um uh, thought I, I thought that was a nice little homage. But honestly, yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm I'm <laughs> cutting in all over the place. Yeah, the new cast was definitely entertaining, and then of course the old cast, Dewey, David Arquette. Was, I thought he was amazing in this, like probably the best performance he's given in a screen movie. And he definitely had the most screen time of the three core cast members. Uh, I guess four technically, but we can get into that. Hmm. Um, Sidney Prescott, Nev Campbell is always great. Not as much screen time as I think the trailers would lead you to believe, which could be a bit of an issue for some. And then, of course, Courtney Cox has Gale Weathers. You know, so many people are telling me online that Courtney Cox is like... (laughs) Like they call her, they call her like the original Lois Lane, or like they say she's like better than Lois Lane because she actually like you know reports on the news. Like Gail Weathers gets into the mud, like one hundred percent. She's not afraid to you know like stab people in the back, you know like burn bridges, you know whatnot. But I I really I kind of do agree with that. I I feel. I feel like Lois Lane should be more of like a Gail Weathers type person because Gail Weathers is very cutthroat. Very, very strong. <laughs> very, very strong. Overpowering. And like for some people, they they might have been introduced to Courtney Cox first in Scream before Friends. So, yeah. you know, so she, she was a nice little movie star beforehand. But yeah, like like I said, um, you know, just kind of closing off the initial reactions. Um, I I really I really loved it. I I cannot wait to see this again, like one hundred percent. I'm just very very excited to just dive back in. I I think Wes uh, Wes Craven would have been very very proud. Um, and there's a lot of different things, like <laughs> so many things that happen within this uh within this film. We're definitely gonna get into it. So. That is your first spoiler warning for Scream. Again, that is your second spoiler warning for Scream. So if you haven't seen it yet, if your theater is not closed due to the weather, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. You know, I've I've been hearing nothing but good stuff. You know, there's a few valid criticisms out there. Um, I was watching Chris Stuckman's um, review, and he said the number one criticism to him was that it didn't feel as fun as the others. Like, as in, like I said before, it definitely feels way more, this one felt more serious than the others. And I understand why they named it scream instead of scream five, because of the whole requel thing. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Cause they actually mention it within. Yeah. Mentioned naming it just the original thing. Yeah. Which is really, really, I was like, cause for the longest time, I'm like, why didn't they just do a scream five or five cream? <laughs> like they Scree, do scream five them scream <laughs> or scream four scream from <laughs> but yeah i i really uh, like i i get it now you know they they understood and I, and i really i really like 
their take on the toxic fan bases that are prevalent and rampant throughout the internet because it was so, so accurate because all they want to do is try to change the endings of movies and make them what they want, what they wanted their vision to be for for a franchise. And they will do whatever it takes to try to get that to become a reality. And sometimes they cross the line and abuse people on Twitter or social media and they get way overboard and they're just terrible people. This movie just shows that they can even take it a step further and just go crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's it's it is very it's it is like it is scary accurate how aware this movie was when it comes to like film Twitter um, and just everything overall when, when it comes to franchises and how people view them and, you know, how, you know, you, you can't mess with the original because it quote unquote messes with people's childhood. And I mean, even coming off of like this movie, like looking up like Rotten Tomatoes scores, I mean, Tomato Meter uh, is around, is a 76 right now. An audience score uh, is around 84% with like a thousand plus verified ratings for audience and about 193 reviews for Tomato Meter. And I think that's, pretty i mean for for most people I, I i do know some people weren't super crazy about it but i know others you know they, they they'll stand ghostface until they die and um i i i feel like we can we can definitely get into the um the the killers because there's there's so much that kind of goes you know within their their monologue their their um you know their, their evil speech as to why um and we I'm just going to say it. So like since, since we're in spoilers and I'm assuming people who have seen it or are listening right now, you've already seen it. We know that um, <laughs> Richie and Amber <laughs> were the killers of this movie. And <laughs> I loved how they just, they, there's so many red herrings. Everyone had a motive for being the killer for like, a hot second, I really loved how when they had Jasmine Savoy Brown, when she's talking to Mickey Madison's character, Amber, when it's Min- Mindy and Amber, and they're downstairs in the basement, and Mindy's like, because I'm the killer. And, you know, they're, they're kind of talking, like, Mindy's like, oh, like, well, Amber, why, why are you going downstairs in the basement by yourself? You know, there's a killer on, on the loose, and... They're like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe you came down here to kill me, whatever, whatever. I, I really loved their back and forth. And um, I, <laughs> Jack Quaid put on a hell of a performance. Pardon my French. Oh, yeah. I, I, loved, I loved the reveal of him as a killer. I wasn't as crazy about Amber being in one of the killers because mm. I thought she was just kind of in the background for the most of the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't her, mot- her motive wasn't really ever clear, ever except for the fact that she was just on Reddit being a big stab fan along with Richie. But you can, you can see from Richie's perspective where he, he like finds Sam and, and becomes her boyfriend just because he's that insane and crazy about a movie franchise. But then they never really, because the, the big, one of the big reveals is obviously that uh, Amber lives in the scream house, which they don't reveal until the end. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I feel like if they would have revealed that a little sooner, Amber would have been a little bit better of a of a reveal, but it's kind of cool that the Scream House it's like its own character. Yeah, and not only that, another big reveal uh, for Sam Carpenter is that she is the Ill- illegitimate t- child of uh, Billy. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of brown children being made from 
from white, <laughs> older white people. I'm, oh my gosh! I wonder what their their counterparts looked like. Yeah. You see their mom. I imagine it's of uh, Latina. Yeah. Origin. The twins as well. Yeah. The tw- yes, the twins. Their, their mom is very white. <laughs> yeah. They. Yeah. The twins are. You know, everyone. You know, all the new characters are. You know, related some way, some form. At least for the most part. Um. You know, Wes Hex. Um, with uh, Deputy uh, Judy Hicks obviously being the mother. And then, you know, we had Chad um, Meeks Martin and Mindy Meeks Martin being um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the niece and nephew of, of Randy R.I.P. <laughs> I, I really like how they, they kind of tag them in there. But yeah, you never, but like with, with any screen movie, you know, you, you never see the parents all that much. Um, hardly if ever, but of course, Sydney, you know, like you said, you know, she takes the back seat. Um, and I do agree, agree with you when you're saying, you know, in the trailers, they made it seem like she was more of the main star, but you know, after seeing the movie, it's been, um, it was, it was pretty interesting to see what they did there. But even Sydney mentions that she has children, but we never see them. Cause when I first started, when, when, when I first went to go see it, um, I thought that Sam and Tara were the daughters of Sydney for like a hot second. I thought they were. And then they're like, nope, you know, Sam's the illegitimate child, Billy. So, you know. Yeah, we got a few Billy appearances, which was very interesting. Haunting, haunting his daughter, but also kind of leading (laughs) her, helping, leading her along, which is interesting because she, uh, she might not be okay emotionally or mentally. Not at all. <laughs> no. And she, yeah, she, uh, she's. Uh, I don't know how she's going to be after this movie. She's not going to be Mm-mm. in a good space. No. Like it, it was almost like I said. It was almost as if Sam had like her own little personal like force ghost of like her father. Like not not just her father, but like her serial killer. Like her father. serial killer father, who was like you know who's all bloodied up and like scraped and bruises. And whatnot. Um, I, I think it was interesting how they tied that in, and I think it works. But like I said before, like <laughs> there's it's not that there's any adults in this movie, it's just that none of these kids' parents are anywhere to be found, besides Wes's mom, which is you know, Debbie yeah, a returning character. Whoo man, talk about two brutal kills. Am I right though? Yeah, Wes's kill was insane. A knife through the neck, out the other end. Man, oh man! And and R.I.P. to uh, Debbie Dewey, uh, Dewey Riley. Um, you know, he, yeah. I feel like I feel like the kills in this one were definitely a step up from the past ones. More focused on the brutality, right? It was like you know the stabby stabby type thing with the others. But again, you know, with these killings that we're mentioning, uh, with, with Tara, you know, she she is the opening kill quote-unquote opening kill but she actually survives and i mean not only is she stabbed seven times but she also has like a broken leg so i'm assuming that was jack who came in because during the beginning you know they're trying they're the ghost face is threatening to hurt tara's friend amber and like okay that was definitely jack we're like completely messed up Tara Carpenter, 100%. I was like, I really like how she actually survived. And then they plant into your head 
that, you know, Jack was so convincing that he almost convinced Sam that her own sister was the killer because in Scream 4, you know, we had one of Sydney's cousins played by, um, oh my gosh, what was her name? Uh, my, Emma Roberts. And I didn't, <laughs> when I saw that for the first time, I did not see that coming at all. I was like, wow. So, like, I feel like I like how they kind of planted that in your brain. That it's like, okay, was she really get, you know, stabbed seven times since the hospital? Maybe on purpose, you know, missing vital organs to kind of stage the whole thing. But I think they did a great job. And, of course, you know, W. Dilly, before he, uh, you know, passes on, he, he always says, oh, it's like, you know, it's always someone you know. You know, it's he's like, always suspect the boyfriend. And <laughs> Jack even says it. He's like... He gave it away, like, right then and there. It was, yeah, Deputy Dewey always knows what he's talking about. Oh, man, oh, man. That was crazy. I'm sorry. They actually, they actually killed him off, and they, they mentioned in the movie that they had to because of stakes and to make it a legitimate sequel, <laughs> requel. That's what Amber said. She said, our movie has stakes. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah, I – it, but, like, you know, with every ghost face – you know, like we said, there's always two. For a second, I thought there was going to be a third one. I thought there was going to be a third ghost face for for some weird reason. Because, like you said, in the trailer, the way that they cut it when Sydney's coming back into, um, was it Stu's house? Or, or originally uh, uh, Stu's yeah, house? Yeah, originally Stu's house. I was yeah. really hoping for a Stu appearance. I was, we got, yeah. We got Billy, and then I was like, oh, come on, give me, give me Stu. <laughs> give me Shaggy. <laughs> like, whoa, Scoob. Yeah, I, I I wish we would have got that, but all in all, I really um, the, like you said the the kills were definitely more brutal, and there was a lot of teasing of you know building up suspense, like especially with Wes's kill after his mother um, gets completely sliced up, where you know like he keeps opening up like the uh, kitchen door or like the um, or the um, um, refrigerator door, and you expect Ghostface to be there. It's like, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, there's like seven fakeouts in that one scene. I loved it. I I think, like, what's so strong about this whole film was really the writing. And, you know, like, um, after, you know, Gail and Dewey kind of separate for a while, obviously they still care about each other. But, you know, Amber killing, Amber's the one who killed Dewey in the hospital. That's, was a great scene, not only because of, you know, Dewey's death, but, you know, the fact that Tara was still in the hospital, still recovering, you know, nowhere near healed to even be mobile. And, you know, the the slice through her hand and whatnot when she's trying to move her um, her wheelchair around and around. And, whew, man, oh, man, Amber took out two knives and carved up Dewey, like it was Thanksgiving dinner. He just went in. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, he did not have to go back, but it's you know he went to go it's back. It's the classic. It's a classic rule. You got to go for the head. Yeah, or else they're not dead. And what, what else did they say? I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah between Jack and uh, uh, Mindy, but I also really wanted to touch on the um. What probably probably my favorite scene of the entire movie when Mindy is watching the original stab, she's essentially watching her uncle get murdered, and the same thing is happening on her end. Like, dude, yep. turn around. 
but I was talking to what like, because I went I went to a screening of it, and um, one of the guys I went with he was saying how it would have been cool if they were able to somehow match up the reflection of men like ghost face behind Mindy with the ghost face that was behind Randy and that in like you know like maybe at some point um there's kind of like a delay type thing like it's kind of like the showing double for a second and that's how she figures out to turn around but like because with this one she kind of just that that seems like a scary movie yeah. type of scene instead like the scary movie series that always they always copy off of scream yeah yeah, but it it was it was cool. I really like that was probably my favorite um favorite part of it. I I thought that Chad was actually gone. Like I yeah, I'm surprised they both survived. Yeah. It's like I mean, Mendy just got hit in the shoulder, but I thought Chad was like a goner goner. Yeah, Chad got stabbed <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. But like you said, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of white parents having very brown children. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like, I mean, you know, it, I mean, okay, like, obviously with, with Chad and Mindy, like, I mean, with mixed kids, it's just, you know, how it is. But then again, we never see who the father is. So it's like, they kind of just say, oh, yeah, you know, you, you kind of just assume, I guess. But I wanted to pass it back over to you. I'm sorry, I've been talking so much. Was there anything you wanted to touch on, um, analyst-wise, before uh, we get on out of here, before we give our scores, actually? Yeah, I like I like the Richie reveal. Obviously, he's the classic toxic, toxic fan who thinks they're just doing everyone a favor and they're just doing so good by the world, but they are just shouting into the void and nobody cares what they have to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to give a small shout out to James A. Janice and his his wife. They were um, when Richie was watching YouTube about the stab movies they were the ones that were talking about stab eight and they are they have the youtube channel called dead meat which i i watch all the time and they just they dissect and go through every horror movie that that they've seen and it's a great channel okay so I'll they got check. to they got to make it in the movie i'll check that out yeah so really quick obviously <laughs> the the two colors that we, we already established was richie and amber did you think it was anybody else besides those two um, they did a pretty good job of of making you think it's Richie, but then kind of deterring you away from it mm-hmm. enough to where you get off of him. But I definitely had a feeling, I had a feeling going into it that it was Richie because Jack Quaid, as an actor, he's only been mostly in The Boys as definitely like the only good guy in the, in the series, basically. Yeah. So yeah. going in, people who have seen The Boys know that. And they had that perspective, so it's kind of a play on that where you think he'd be just a regular good guy, mm-hmm. similar with Bo Burnham in Promising Young Woman. Right. So I definitely going in, I was expecting that, and that ended up being true. Yeah. I I don't think I ever would have noticed Amber just because she wasn't really in the movie much. Yeah, I I do agree there for a like well for a hot minute I thought it was Liv, which is uh, Chad's girlfriend, uh, for like yeah, a she hot was- minute. She was just kind of rough. Well, because she kept getting bullied. Her like, character, her character was just like, yeah, nonsense. Yeah, but like her character kept getting bullied. Like uh, Sonya Amar's character, like literally, just bullied the entire time. I'm like, I'm like, okay, if it's her, there's no. I'm like, that would be kind of lame if she was the killer. For like a hot second, I thought it was Wes Hicks. <laughs> I was like, of course, you know, the character that they named Wes whatever, whatever. But then they also try to peg it and say like, oh, maybe it's, 
you know, court, it, it could be like Gale or Dewey or whatnot. But I, I really like how, I mean, heck, it, it could have been Deputy Judy Hicks for all we, we could have known. But for, for a hot second, I did think it was the twins. Like, oh, you know, there's always two. Boom. It's the twins. Like, yeah, that, that that's kind of lame. It's yeah. very, very lame. But for I like, also, I also <laughs> love the dynamic between Dewey and Gale mm-hmm. because in the movies, obviously they they got together, they were married, but then they separated, which I think is the same as in real life. They were definitely married at one point, mm. and I think now they're separated. So it's a very interesting dynamic to see them as characters and possibly even as real life humans going through those emotions of of connecting with one that you've. A loved one that you've separated with. Right. Yeah. See, yeah, and I totally forgot that they, you know, were together in real life. Um, but yeah, for for me, the only um uh, I I guess the only issue I had, like you said, is um I wish they would have focused a little bit more on Amber, but maybe that was the reason why they didn't was to kind of like, oh, you know, Amber wasn't in the movie all that much, neither was Lev. Um, you know, we never really, we, we get to see Sydney, you know, like years later, we actually, you know, and she finally comes back to, uh, um, to Woodsboro and, um, it's, um, I, I kind of wish we would have seen more of Sydney's life. Um, cause we, we definitely saw, you know, I feel like we saw more of where Sydney was in scream three, you know, like even when she like tried to seclude herself towards, you know, the beginning of the movie, she's like locking and unlocking all the doors. And then the end of scream three, you know, like her, um, her, um, what's, you know, her, uh, door to her house kind of just like swings open from the wind and she doesn't lock it. She feels safe. Like in a way, like show how far she's come. But yeah, I really wish we got a, I wish we got a little bit more, with Sydney, like we definitely got more of Gail and Dewey for sure, obviously with them. But I wish we would have seen more of where Sydney, like where where has she been? You know, yeah, I'd like, say that's probably the main issue that I saw because the trailers make it seem like she's the focal point of the movie. Which yeah, is because very much so not the point, not right. the case. Because even like when she's in Stu's old house, and then you know Ghostface comes down, and it's like oh Sydney, like it's in honor. I'm like, oh, like that. That's that's a nice line. That's a nice line. I think line he memory. actually said that for Dewey instead. I'll, yeah, I don't know. He might have done it for both, but I definitely remember him doing that for Dewey. Yeah, did it for he... Dewey. That that was the only because yeah. you know they like switch out the audio and whatnot. But yeah, I was like, you know, and obviously like when Amber and them get caught, and you know, Gail just goes full frontal, just bang, bang, bang. You know, whatever, whatever. Uh, towards Amber, and I actually like the nice little callback from. Um, once about a time in Hollywood with Amber Freeman's character, Mickey, because she gets burnt up the same way she kind of does. And once upon a time in Hollywood and she's holding a knife and once upon a time in Hollywood as well. And she's, she kind of gets up and she can't see, you know, she's kind of just whacking all over the place. Like the adrenaline's running through her veins, much like in, in this new screen movie. Yeah. I really like the, the passing the torch Hmm. metaphor as well. How's that for a torch? <laughs> Your whole face. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, ov- overall, just just a fantastic movie. You know, a, a great movie for us to you know cover for our first episode of of twenty twenty two. You know, yeah, it's very rare to get a not only uh, an enjoyable and 
actually good January movie, but one that's doing well in the box office too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, congratulations to the entire, you know, cast. Mor- Morbius crew. got scared and, and, <laughs> and went away. So Scream, Scream will take all that money. You know what? I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> like, I will be okay if Morbius never comes out. Like, I, I feel like it. I mean, it's been two years for that movie, so it's like it's definitely becoming the new, um, the new, uh, new mutants movie that came out because like how many times can you honestly push back a movie it is insane but let's get into our scores here and get out of here so Devin, what would you give the new scream for your rating i'm thinking a solid 83 okay just very enjoyable obviously scream the original scream would be in the 90s somewhere Mm. It's it's the ultimate like genre bending, game changing horror movie that that came out in the late nineties that nobody was expecting, mm. and it really changed the game as far as satire and self awareness in horror movies. Because before that, obviously there was there was some with Freddy and there were some movies that leaned more towards humor, but this one really just blew the floodgates open for it. Yeah, yeah, I'd say in eighty three. Um, for me, I would say probably second. My second best screen movie, obviously yeah. the first one, and then this one, and then probably four, and then two and three. Yeah, so I I think my because originally my after seeing this, I gave the the new screen a four out of five stars. Um, like you know, like I said before, it's it's very um, you know, it's self aware. You know, with the meta humor is amazing. You know, it's it's so relatable if you are a movie lover of any kinds. And, you know, just giving that room to like for new characters to grow while, you know, while the the older characters kind of take more more of a backseat, more, more of the guiding roles. Um, you know, I really can't wait to see this movie again. Like, I, I really I'm, I, I've, I I was not expecting it to be this good. And as I was uh, rewatching the other four, I was like getting really pumped for it. So originally I had scream, you know, the first scream, number one. And then I had two. Then I have four no so for for the five that we have originally i had scream one then scream two then scream five i guess we'll just call it and then scream four and then scream three but a few days ago i actually changed it to yours which is scream one is number one then the new scream 2022 is number two scream four is number three scream two is number four and then scream five is the last yeah i mean scream three is the last on for the fifth run so i mean you know i i really like four of the i mean threes it, it just didn't really hit for me all that much and you know trying to get into like sydney's mom's like past and stuff and it's like it didn't really the matter ghost of sydney's mom they they really tried to pull like a, a stranger things when they're like oh you know like let's Let's have a loving love and go off on our own adventures and try to like go down that path. And people were like, nah, fam, <laughs> we're, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> like, no, sir. But you know, like I said before, uh, so for uh for the new scream, I gave it like four out of five stars on Letterboxd. I feel like that that's like a solid, like pretty much like like in 82, 83, much around Devon's. Really, really enjoyed it. And I um I think Wes Craven would have been very very proud um i hope we do get more scream movies um down the road um i really like how scream is one of those franchises where it isn't really oversaturated because 
like we said, you know, um, you know, the first one, the first two came out like nineties. I think they were like a year after each other. And then, you know, we got scream three scream four was the last one was like 2011. So I feel like if we got like a new scream movie, like every like decade or so, I would be okay with it. It's, it's not an oversaturated, saturated franchise. It's, it is what it is and it knows what it is, which is the most important thing. It doesn't try to be something that it isn't. And um, yeah, all in all, just just a great job by the uh, the entire cast and crew. So uh, moving on to uh, that kind of wraps up our uh, coverage, our review of Scream here on the channel. Moving on to our uh, final few topics here on the show. So what's coming up on the podcast? What's coming up in the show for everyone to listen to? So um, as of right now, we are planning to do a Peacemaker um, review um it was originally supposed to be the first three episodes, but um, if, um, we were um, fortunate enough to get screeners of the first seven episodes. So I think we're going to wait a little bit longer and then cover it. Um, I've seen the first seven already, but um, so far I'm surprisingly enjoying it. Um, but so coming up for the rest of the month of January, at least um, we have our, we're going to be starting our Hunger Games uh, franchise revisited series, of course, starting with the first one, the Hunger Games. That's going to be released on January 26th. Um, we haven't figured out anything for February as of yet, but definitely follow us on Twitter to keep up with that because that's what we'll be posting out pretty much our um, our monthly uh, schedules, uh, kind of just trying to take it one month at a time. You know, we're trying out some new things here in the podcast, but like I said, you know, it's, it's great to be back with everyone. And, you know, if you haven't, you know, listened to our other episodes, if you're a new user or a new, not new user, but new, a new listener out there, you know, definitely, you know, we've been, we, we did a lot within like the second half of the, of the year, you know, between our Harry Potter franchise, you visited, and then our, you know, our Matrix, Spider-Man, and uh, Don't Look Up. And there, there was just so much uh, throughout the end of last year. So if you haven't, you know, scroll back through and uh, listen to our other episodes. We have a lot of amazing uh, friends of the show and amazing guests joining us. And, of course, um, actually for our Hunger Games franchise we visited, at least for the first one, we have a few special guests coming up um, that will be joining us. So, again, uh, our Hunger Games franchise we visited. It's a monthly series. It's going to be starting in January, ending in April. So, um, yeah, the first one's going to be dropping on January 26th. And if you haven't listened to our updated episode, we started a Discord for everyone out there. We're trying to build a small, you know, small but humble community of all you uh, movie lovers and film buffs out there and TV lovers as well. So um, the link of our Discord sign-up will be in the episode notes as well as the uh, link to our website where you can find all of our episodes. Um, if you're, you know, just kind of looking to go through like our, our backlog there, or you can kind of just look it up on the, you know, <laughs> podcast service that you're, you know, on right now, but also uh, definitely want to stress, you know, we're trying to hit uh, 50 uh, five-star ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify um, for Apple. You know, if, if you have an iPhone, definitely, Leave us a, a nice little friendly review with a five-star rating. Uh, Spotify is a little weird and a little bit different. I believe you actually have to listen to at least like 30 to 45 seconds of a episode before you're allowed to rate it. Because if you try to rate it beforehand instead of listening to an ep- episode, it's going to tell you to listen to an episode first. 
So I would definitely scrub through, you know, download the episode, scrub through, and then, um, you know, of course, like we want you to listen to it, but you know, for for all of my uh my friends out there, th- this is more so for my friends out there who've been trying to figure it out on Spotify, more so for them, but definitely Spotify will not let you rate until you listen to an episode. And I think that's between like 30 to 45 seconds, something of that nature. But yeah, definitely we're going to be doing a lot more, you know, giveaways hopefully here soon within the next uh, few months and whatnot. But other than that, I believe that pretty much does have all of our call to action stuff. So uh, Devin, anything you want to say to our listeners out there for our first episode of the year? Tell me your favorite Biscari movie. <laughs> that voice Sydney. is so iconic. Who does the actual voice of Ghost? It, it is it is the same guy, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, because during the beginning of the movie, he sounded a little bit different. But like it was, I think that yeah, was his like, normal like voice. the intro scene where he like kind of sounded like a different person, but then he like got into character. Yeah, that that, that was that was brilliant. He Very was like, um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm putting in your group for your mom. <laughs> he's like oh he talks about you very much. i'm like yeah like of course no no parents are found in this movie whatsoever but yeah again uh, Ro- roger l jackson roger l jackson very a very iconic voice for sure um definitely but yeah like i said before discord uh invite will be in the link below or in episode notes and you can you know you can find all of our social media stuff there as well and do not forget to leave a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts. so we're gonna get on out of here and we hope you all have a wonderful start to your week and that's a wrap for today everyone thank you all for listening and if you enjoy our show leave us a five-star rating review on apple and or on spotify and follow us on twitter to stay in the know that was Devin. My name is Christian, and we'll see you in the next video. Peace.